The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. We have the show that talks about computers. Technology. And the internet. Wow, it's all three of us again. Yeah, I'm so happy to get my laminated uh, tech card back. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> in a special ceremony, Justin retrieved, re- reissued my card to me. So thank you Yes, for my not knowing the correct update pattern for Windows. <laughs> I, you know, I caught a lot of flack from that from some of our friends that are on Facebook. How was solitary confinement, by the way? It was rough. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't touch tech. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that has been happening. So much to talk about. I mean, we've got everything from Windows 365 for the gamers that are out there. Uh, the very confusing uh, Steam, I'm going to call it the right thing, Steam Deck, which sounds yeah. so much like Elgato Stream Deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now it's funny because I was at, so I was at Best Buy the other day and I was looking at a product that maybe I could show on the tech segment for Fox. And I actually picked up the Elgato Stream Deck XL. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And I'm looking at it and I think, you know, this would be kind of cool to talk about on Fox, you know, talk about how you're streaming, you could utilize this and you know, you guys know I use Wirecast, which has a lot of those features that you get with Stream Deck really built into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the back of the box, and it doesn't mention Wirecast. It mentions OBS Studio, YouTube, you know, Facebook Live, whichever ones you're doing. For listeners who don't know, uh, Elgato's been around a long time. We've talked about them in the past. We had a capture card for them that we really liked. Um, Stream, Stream Deck is what you use, Justin. So I called Justin, and I said... Hey, tell me what you can about uh, Stream Deck because I'm thinking about getting it to show it for TV. Well, it's basically just a uh, it's, it's, it's just an extension, really, to to your keyboard. Um, the uh, the Stream Deck is uh, the one I got is let's see what one two three four five. It's a 15 key, 15 key Stream Deck. I think and- that is the XL, isn't it? No, the no? XL is twenty-two keys. Is it more twenty-three? Keys? Yeah, yeah, the XL is more. Yeah, so the fifteen is is the the medium one. They have one that's like six keys, uh, for real small uh, uh, streamers or just you don't you don't really need a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, I got the medium one. It was actually a gift um, from all the people that had watched my trivia nights, my virtual trivia nights that I did for Bruce Beers o- over the course of COVID. So for my my 40th birthday, they all pitched in and got me a gift card. It was a a, a $400 gift card. Wow. Yeah. So that was like amazing. So I bought a Stream Deck with that, and that allowed me to add more effects to it. But again, going back to what the Stream Deck is, it's it's just an extension. It's just a hotkey system. There's th- th- it doesn't do anything by itself. Like See, I, have- that's that's what I was thinking. I thought, well, if somebody is doing a stream, this will allow you to it creates the graphics for you no, and puts that not. overlay. So that's not the case. No, it does not. It doesn't do any of that. It just simply fires off the macro or the command that you set it to. So if you want those graphics that you find in like uh, video game streamers uh, uh, streams, you need to have something like OBS, Open mm-hmm. Broadcasting Software. It's it's free. That's why they call it Open. Uh, you can download it, you can install it, and then you got to build your scenes. And basically what you then do is within the software for Stream Deck, you, there's a section for OBS because they do work very closely with OBS. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a section in there that says, okay, uh, advanced scene or call graphic or whatever. But it literally, it's just a hotkey. You have to That's build it is, yourself. Yeah. And then when you attach that uh, 
direction to the button. You say, when I press this button, I want you to do this. Right. Then it fires off the scene in OBS or in YouTube or Facebook gaming or whatever. Then again, most Facebook gamers and YouTube streamers, they use OBS anyway. Right. Um, but you can do the same thing with Wirecast. I mean, Wirecast, I'm sure, has certain hotkeys. So you can you create, can, yeah, you can create the scene to do an Alt-W or Alt or, yeah, or whatever. So instead of having up. to press Alt-W, you just simply tell the Stream Deck, when I press this button, I want you to do Alt-W. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's a one key system. So a lot of people use the Stream Deck for streaming. They use it to create content for their video game streams or whatever they're streaming, chatting or whatever. However, I've also realized now that I'm not doing video game streaming anymore or doing those virtual trivia nights, I've been able to repurpose the Stream Deck for video games. So for instance, I just recently got into Final Fantasy 14 online. I've repurposed my Stream Deck to use certain features within the game. So if I want to bring up my character sheet, I can just press one button. If I want to bring up an emote where I basically, an emote would be if I want to wave at somebody, but I also want to say in chat, hey, how you doing? Or something like that. It's a macro. I just programmed it to do the macro and I just hit one button and my character will wave and also say into chat, hi, how are you? So again, it's just a little macro keyboard and, and you can do things with like, um, well, heck, I'm sure you can do it with like Excel or Word. Right, right. If you're using that a lot and you're using these Alt-W or Alt-F3 or whatever these weird key combinations you have to press, you can do that with a Stream Deck. Uh, Sean, you use the A10 Mini. Is that the same kind of concept or does the A10 Mini come with some of these graphics that are ready to go? Uh, so the A10 Mini has a little bit of built-in. I can do picture-in-picture. -picture. I can do some limited D DVE effects. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have the the base version of the ATEM Mini, because they have the Pro, they've got an ISO version, and then they have the ATEM Extreme. Um, this one doesn't do as much, but I can do a chroma key. Right. I can do that kind of stuff on the panel itself. Now, if I download the ATEM software from Blackmagic Design, then I can get more functionality out of it. I can do move things around i can do more dve channels and well kind of like the stream deck yeah you have to have the software to do the stuff yeah right so it's the benefit of the atem over the stream deck is that it's obviously a switcher right i can switch inputs so there's no inputs into the stream deck right? how much is the atem mini i believe the atem mini version is like 395 still i think it's okay. not that expensive obviously there are more versions that depending on what you want you can get the atem mini the atem mini pro the ATEM Mini ISO, and then the ATEM Mini Extreme, which the ATEM Mini Extreme adds four more inputs. Okay. Is that, so the, one of the big differences there, I mean, obviously not, not discarding what you just said, but uh, the price point. Uh, you said it was like uh, somewhere like well, 350 or so? 395 I think. 395 yeah. Okay. So the Stream Deck, the one that I have, which is the middle one, that's 150 Yeah. And I, now, when I was looking and I was at Best Buy and I picked it up, and then I talked to Justin. I said, ah, put it down because <laughs> I got Wirecast. Yeah. But I, I was, uh, when I was talking to you, I went and asked. They said, what's the price on this? The price for the XL, for the Stream Deck XL, was $260, I think, is mm -hmm. what they, they had quoted me. And I thought, yeah. uh, maybe I don't need it that much. Because, yeah. you know, you start when you go start going over 150 bucks, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but another cool thing about the Stream Deck, and I, I don't know if the ATEM can do this, but the Stream Deck can nest folders within buttons. So let's say I have more than 15 hotkeys that I want to use. 
Right. So like I was talking about that Final Fantasy game, if I want to use emotes, right? Or if I want to say, hi, how are you doing? Or, hey, there's an enemy or whatever and point my character. I have a folder. So I click on the button that's a folder and it opens up a whole new set of 15 new buttons. Oh, that's that cool. That I can choose from. So then I have all my emotes listed on the buttons. And then when I want, I just press one more button and it goes back to the main screen. So you can nest folders inside of folders. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. So now we talked about back when the pandemic started uh, and Sean, that's when, when ATEM was really, they put out their ATEM Minio, Mini. And we had the representative on the show talking about it the whole bit. But um, that was becoming a, a really popular item for churches, houses of worship that were yeah. they were doing this that maybe didn't want to invest in the you know, the the wire cast, they wanted to have this. Um, do you find that people are still using the Atimini now that things have kind of gone back oh, to in person? Ab absolutely. Absolutely yeah. they're doing it. Mm -hmm. The benefit, you've seen it a lot with churches. A lot of people are very happy to have the flexibility to, well, I can go in person or I can watch from home. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're still seeing all of that. None of that is going away. And you just saw more of it, right? There were a lot of churches, especially around here, and, and churches that I volunteered at that have done been doing that for a long time. It's yeah, just, but now it it's just it's easier. the The hardware prices have come down, so now it's cheaper for a house of worship to get in and do a higher quality production on the cheap. I gotta ask though, and I, I'm trying to. I'm not really trying to disrespect anything. I'm trying to make light of the situation, but like. If you do a virtual church service, like instead of passing around the offering plate, do they pass around like a QR code on the screen? It's <laughs> a good like, idea. I mean, scan so, here to so, donate. I mean, so, I, I'm, so I'm, for, I'm honestly curious. Like, how do they so make for, money? Because you think people don't go to church. This is how churches make money. You, you are correct. Churches definitely saw a decrease in giving. Yeah. And Caitlin and I do electronic giving anyways. Right. Yeah. So it didn't affect us. Our church has been pushing electronic giving for a long time. It's a great do idea. Do, actually. Do, they do, they do, they do they do it like a QR code? Do they do it through so uh, you, you SquarePay you know, or Venmo? You, you fill or... out your information on the little card. Like you can, in the pews, they have little cards. You can fill them out, and then you can go online and sign up for them. But our church does two separate broadcasts. They, they record a mass during the week that airs on Sunday at noon on the local My Michiana television channel. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah. 9.2. At the end of the mass... There is a QR code that sits on the screen for about 45 seconds mm -hmm. at the end, like saying, like, here's the announcements, yada, yada, yada. In the virtual mass, that's also at the end. They also have it put up with here's where you can rewatch. Here's where you can do all this. Stuff what, what, with the yeah, but what QR are they code. doing? Oh, that QR code. Does it lead you to Venmo, it, PayPal, it, it, Squarespace? It leads, you, it leads you to their website where you can sign up to do an online. Yeah. So you can oh, okay. go right so to it's, their. It's, it's independent. Okay. Yeah, but probably so a secured just... transaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you go on, you create an account and you sign up for you know install week you can sign up and do monthly installments or yada 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 whatever okay i love that that's a phenomenal way to support you know your your house of worship if, you, if you're doing that and that's they rely on that and i think if somebody's going to take the time to you know go through a church service virtually and you know and enjoy that they're going to go ahead and do that yeah. i think uh to make it easy and that's the whole thing is about making it easier now i'm wondering though can stream deck stream deck xl or stream deck be used for this same type of thing, you know, video, uh, you know, videotaping and video presenting a church service mm. online. Because mm -hmm. I know we got a lot of church IT guys that listen to the station that might be listening to the show 
would this be something that they may want to look into if they're doing just a single camera setup on Facebook? If you're looking to do a single camera thing, if you're looking to do different scenes and stuff like that, you're, I don't know if necessarily a stream deck is going to be where you're going to want to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're trying to do different scenes and green screens or every time, you know, somebody subscribes to you, you can hit the button and it'll flash an, an emote or whatever. Like that's more or less what you're looking for. You're looking to automate those types of things with the stream deck. The thing is there's a, you know, a use for both. Uh, ATEM is more for, you know, professional camera production, multi-camera production. Yeah. Professional multi-camera production. Whereas a stream deck, you can use it for multi-camera production, but it's probably better just for a single camera. Yeah. It's more for putting yeah. up graphics and throwing up memes and things like that. Yeah. So to be fair, you could use the stream deck to run macros on the ATEM mini. The ATEM uh, mini. Could, yeah. So you can oh, use them in the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could, you could have it set up to do picture in picture. Picture in picture, bottom left, picture in yeah. picture, bottom mm -hmm. right, uh, DVE, green screen. You could set all that up on the Stream Deck and macro that to the software instead of having the controller in front of you because the controller is not really laid out to do that easily. Mm -hmm. Like I could turn the green screen down and push the button, but you could have a macro setup that is specifically tied to your chroma wall and your settings and fine tuned. You hit the button and it does it, yeah. right? Or other things that the ATEM can do, lower thirds, it, you know, still stores, all that stuff. Yeah, I believe so, you can you can integrate uh, the ATEM Mini into Wirecast. I've, I've correct. heard that before. People have been using that. Wirecast is a great solution. If you know, if our listeners want to take a look at the software, um, it's a it's an annual. So you, there's a subscription. You pay a little bit to start it, and then every year you can get a. Get a you get the latest version. You get all the the support options for I want to say ninety nine bucks a year, uh, and it's great if you're in a corporate environment. I ran into somebody when I was at Best Buy who was looking at microphones, and um, she, she had a salesperson help her, and then he walked away, and she just looked confused. And mm -hmm. I said, "What are you thinking of doing?" And I pointed to the microphone that Sean is using on the show right now, and I said, "This is a great microphone." I said, uh, "We've got a guy on a show that I do." I said, he uses it and it sounds great. And she goes, yeah, I'm like thinking about that one and I'm thinking about this one. So I said, well, what is it you're doing? Are you podcasting? She told me she's a marketing person and people have been coming to her saying, I want to do video meetings. I want to do video presentations. But she says, the video we have, the camera looks really good. She goes, but our sound is awful. And I said, you got, if you have great video, if you have bad sound, you'll lose them. So mm -hmm. I said, yeah, you got to, you got to pump up your sound. I showed her the Samsung, uh, the little microphone that goes on top of the laptop. I said, this is the low end, but if you really want to do it, you want to look at what, what Sean's using, uh, that microphone has worked really well for him. Uh, there's some other ones on the market. I said, you, you, if you invest in the camera, invest in the audio as well. Yeah. There are two microphones that I will recommend for somebody that wants to do, uh, make their audio a little bit better, but not spend a whole lot of money. The Yeti Nano. Mm -hmm. and the Rode NT-USB microphone. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Those are the two, the top two microphones I'm going to recommend to somebody that says, I don't want to spend a lot of money on a microphone, but it needs to be USB, and it needs to sound good. Mm -hmm. Those are two that are going to sound excellent. They're small. The Rode has mounts you can mount on top of your monitor. The the, the Yeti, the, Nan, the Yeti Nano is a little bit more stylish if you're looking into kind of like a more modern look. 
Um, but those are the top two, in my opinion, the top two microphones that you can get. I, I got to say, if, you're, you're, if you're, talking, wanna, yeah. you're talking about Rode. Have you seen the Rodecaster? The yeah. Rode, Rodecaster, I want. If you're doing a, you want to do a podcast or a group, you know, chat, Rodecaster is, is like all in one. Everything is there. Yeah, hmm. it's got four four inputs, four headphone outputs. You can do a mix. You've got uh, macros to play music, intros. You can you can mix it all right there. The Rode Podcaster is is great. Wow. Um, part of our athletic department, Fighting Irish Media, has one. They use it all the time to do podcasting in one of our studios. They love it. We can get a line out of it into our system if they need to record. It, it, it's, it works really well. We've integrated it into our studio. So if they come in. What if you're. What if you're on the road? Like, do you, does it come with like a like an SD card slot or? I think a, it does, doesn't it? It doesn't have the ability yeah, to it, record. You can, you can record locally as well. I mean, it also is called the road. Yeah, I just want to make sure because you said a line out. I just want to make sure you could actually record. Without... Oh no, yeah, yeah. We use it more in a studio setting for podcasting, but they okay. travel with it. So okay. they travel with the teams and do podcasting all. So over is this country. an SD card slot then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, and it's R O D E. If uh, anybody want to look that up, they sell them at Guitar Center, but. I think uh, last time I looked, they were like five, six hundred bucks. But again, five ninety nine. Yeah, it's Ooh, an, wow. it's an all in one solution though for that. And um, not long ago, I consulted uh, Eli Crane uh, from Bottle Breacher about you know setting up and doing a regular podcast. And this is before we knew about the Roadcaster. And I wish we would have gone that way because we really went with a solution that's a mixer and a microphone and this thing to do this and this to do that. If you're looking for this kind of solution, the Roadcaster would really be a great way to go. Mm. I mean, I, I really like that. Now, there was a little confusion, though, when I was talking to Justin. Because we were talking about, so I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. Stream Deck. And then he says, do you know about Steam Deck? And I'm like, no, do they make that too? <laughs> and it turns out there's big announcement that came out this week. And it kind of, I kind of wonder, is Nintendo getting a little nervous? Yeah. Uh, so you, you've obviously heard of the Nintendo Switch. That's the uh, the handheld video game device. Well, Steam, which is pretty much the eminent place you would go on a PC to buy games. You buy games through Steam, and then you have like a Steam library that contains all of your games you've bought and uh, purchased. Excuse me, button? purchased. I like button. button. That's button. a good word. That's not even a word, is it? <laughs> button, purchased, button, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you can install them like any computer that you own. You you know you can just carry your Steam library with you. Well, Steam, which is made by Valve, uh, the company Valve, uh, they just announced pretty much what was it last Wednesday, last Thursday, yeah, something like just that. Yeah, last week. Uh, they announced the Steam Deck. So again, yes, it's very similar to the Stream Deck. It's called the Steam Deck, and it is a handheld system. It looks a lot like the Sega Game Gear. It does. It's got a from back in the day a seven inch screen uh, that is is pretty good. I mean, it's, it looks like a great screen. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a decent screen. It's handheld. It's got uh, you know the analog controllers. It's got a directional controller. It's got a touchpad on both sides uh, for more of like a, a mouse movement kind of thing. It's got a few buttons on the back, a few buttons on the top. So it's got more buttons uh, per se than than the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but it was interesting about is it like I said it's not only just the name is very close to Elgato Stream Deck yeah and and it's still yet to be found if that's going to be the final name I mean there is a website stream or steamdeck.com steamdeck.com is where you can find the the information on this handheld device but Nintendo 
I think they got to be shaking in their boots. Yeah. Because Nintendo has had the, 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 the Switch since 2017. And they would right? keep talking about Switch Pro. But yeah, they, what, the they, closest they, no, we're getting is this new OLED model. Yeah, basically that's what Nintendo's doing. It's like everybody's sitting there saying, hey, Nintendo, it's time to upgrade your system. Let's get a new Switch, a Switch Pro that's got a better CPU, a better graphics card, a bigger screen. Nintendo's like, oh, bigger screen? Sure, why not? We'll give you a bigger screen. Well, wait, 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 hold up. No, no, no. We want we want a better processor and GPU. No, 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 no. You're just going to better screen. That's all they're doing. They're re-releasing the exact same Switch with a better screen. And that's what Nintendo does. They keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, you know, we saw them do that with the Wii, really. I mean... Yeah, with the Wii U. Yeah. You know, the Wii was massively successful. And then the Wii U was horrible. But, like, why does Nintendo keep doing this? They don't listen to their fan base. Their fan base is telling them, we want this, this, and this. Now... Valve has listened to them and said, all right, you want to play PC games on the go? Here you go. And so now they're not going to be limited by Nintendo. They're, they, again, another thing about Nintendo, their online system is absolutely horrible. Is it? I mean, you, you basically got to give, to find a friend on, the, on Nintendo online, you've got to give them basically your, your social security number. I mean, <laughs> you can't look up people by their name. Right. Or their nickname or their screen name. You got a, a what is it? A twelve-digit friend code. Oh wow! That you've got to type in just to be able to get them to be on. The, and then there's no voice chat built in. No to, voice chat built in. No voice chat. Hardly you know any they, text chat. You know what they chat. tell you to do? Yeah. Use uh, the download app. the Nintendo app on your phone and talk to your friends over your phone. Yeah, while you're playing Nintendo Switch. Oh wow! It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now and the new so, the Switch Lite is not able to connect to a big screen television, right? Uh, that's uh, the, correct. No. The, the Switch Lite is its okay. own standalone. It does not have a dock. Right. Uh, so the Switch Lite is okay. only a handheld unit. Now, the yeah. Switch, that's, that's the one have, yeah. where you can connect it to a TV, which I understand uh, Valve's Steam Deck is going to be able to do right out of the box, where you will be able to you, connect you, to a TV. You do need to buy. So there's three different models that you can buy. There's right. the uh, $399 for the 64 gigabyte version, $529 for the 256 gigabyte version. Wow. And then the 649 for the ultimate edition, which is 512 gigabit, gigabytes. Uh, it also comes with anti-scratch, anti-glare glass. It comes with the dock. Right. And uh, you get a couple extra things. I guess I don't know exactly what else you get right now. But so with the 64 gigabyte version and the 256 gigabyte version, you have to buy the dock separately. Which is, I think, rumored to be $65. Right. Why not just get the pro version, the, the ultimate version, right? Yeah. So That number is kind of scary, though, when you're $649 talking. $649 yeah. for, a, for a handheld gaming device. But again, it will play all of the Steam games. So if you can play it on your PC, you can play it on this handheld. And they have quite a massive library when we're oh, talking about it, gosh. right? Hundreds of thousands of games yeah. that you can find. Will you be... Well, actually, you answered the question for me the other day. Uh, Will you be getting one? <laughs> well, so that's kind of a funny story. <laughs> I was actually watching some of my favorite streamers uh, mm -hmm. on Friday morning when the pre-releases came out, or the yeah. pre-orders came out. These guys were you know, doing their normal streams or they're playing their games, and then they're like, oh, Steam Deck is available for pre-order. Let's go ahead and pre-order it, folks. And they would show them trying to pre-order... The Steam Deck. And every single time, they would just get hung up or get a rejected order or whatever. So they were, like, losing their minds. Like, th th they were not happy. Yeah. And so I said to myself, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working. And I'm like, well, you know, let's just go see what happens. So I went on to Steam. 
I found the Steam uh, Steam Deck pre-order page. I clicked on the most expensive version, the six hundred and forty-nine dollar version, and I said pre-order. And you had to put down it's it's just a it's five dollars, five dollars to pre-order it. So I put down the five dollars, click next, 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 and then it came to the part where it's like you know what's your billing address and your payment, you know whatever. I clicked complete order, and this is where they kept failing. All of the all the people kept failing, and they just get. I clicked pre-order one time. Right. Twenty seconds later, it says congratulations, you now have a pre-order. <laughs> First attempt, I got it. And I started going into these streamers' chats going, hey, I got mine the first time. Now, did you have buyer's remorse right away? No. No, 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 no. Because, I, I mean, I, I started thinking, like, okay, what what, what games would I want to play on there? Because I do play a lot of Steam games, but right now, all I'm playing is, like, Final Fantasy XIV Online, which is through Steam. Yeah. Uh, I could play that on the Steam Deck, but I feel like, with all of the buttons that I have set up and all the macros like I was just talking about with my, my oh, yeah. stream deck, how could I do that on the Steam Deck? Like, it, it would be a challenge, I yeah. guess, yeah. At, at, at the very least. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Sean, you you going to get one? No. <laughs> no, why not? Because you have a Switch, right? I do have a Switch. I'm not a, I'm not a mobile gamer. Right, I don't need to take my games everywhere I go. I don't need to have it is. I do. I do like the switch, taking it with me where I can go if I know I'm going to be sitting for a period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go f- on an airplane. It's been great, right? But I just don't. Wait, are you I saying don't... that I need to keep my games with me all the time? Because that's no, kind of what you're no, saying. That's not what I meant. I, I know that. I know that some. I know. I know people that take their switch with the, wherever they go. Oh yeah, I don't if, do that. If they have their downtime, that they're on their switch. I'm not. I don't function like that. That's yeah, okay. no. Neither do I. Yeah. yeah. But I don't have a love for my Steam library enough for me to purchase a Steam Steam Deck. Very yeah, cool, now. especially I, for six hundred forty dollars. I like, I like my yeah. Steam library, but like like you said, most of them are in depth games where I want to be at a computer, immersed in with my headphones. And now now I could do that with the Steam Deck. I'm sure. I just don't. I don't think that I've enjoyed the Switch experience as much mobile. Mm. to warrant me getting a Steam Deck. All okay. right, we got to take a break. We come back. Um, a big announcement for Microsoft. Well, we, we everything has been Windows 11 for the last couple of weeks. There's something new coming your way. I don't get it. Maybe you guys will. Uh, we'll talk about it when we come back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeer. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. Now, before we went to break, we were talking about the Steam Deck from mm-hmm. Valve. And yep. it's going to be able to play a lot of games. However, you know, it's just the way it is now. It, it comes out in December, by the way. We in December, yeah. That, yeah. Now, it's just the way it is now. Like, for anybody who's tried to get themselves an RTX 30 series graphics card, it's been a challenge. Part of it has been because of bots. Other because people just are able to get them. And then they're turning around selling them at an immense profit. Um, we're seeing the same thing kind of happen with Steam Deck, even though it's not even available yet. Sean, you had the info on this. Oh, yeah. So it's like anything right now that you can get on the internet or pre-order. Scalpers are using bots to buy up as many. So you're seeing listings on eBay for people selling their pre-sales yep. on eBay for double, even triple the so- price. Are they, of are what's they the, the next what the, what is actually going to be? Are they selling them for what the price is 
like what's what's what the retail price like let's say 650 are they going with that and then increasing the price based on that or are they selling their pre-orders but for five dollars saying i'll sell you this for fifty dollars right now i i just put it into ebay valve steam deck 512 gig confirmed pre-sale fourteen hundred dollars oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) i should totally do that Wow. So what they're saying is they're going to get it, and then they'll ship it to that person. Yeah, they'll get it, and then you pay them fourteen hundred bucks, and they send it to you. And there are people though with oh, enough money totally that will that. that will do that. I mean, seriously. Well, well, yeah. Why they want it because it's going to be the cool new thing, especially because Christmas is only a couple months away. Yeah. Well, right. when it gets we're, released, we're, it's we're getting be a couple we're getting away. into that time where companies are going to start dropping their big holiday bombs. Yeah. How can like how can the internet fight this whole you know i don't want to call it a greed factor because it's an opportunity factor but how can the internet fight that i mean here's somebody like justin who wanted to get himself an actual 30 series card but has Mm -hmm. a hard time getting it because because of this going on for people that really want to buy the product and use it is there any way that people can get around this more brick and mortar sales yeah yeah so you actually go into a store and you buy more in-person pre-orders Mm-hmm. You go into Best Buy and they yep. take pre-orders for a say Best Buy does it where from Monday the fifth of July to Tuesday the twelfth of July, come in and pre-order. Walk into the store and pre-order. Right. Yeah. And then you are guaranteed one. Yeah. So then then Best Buy goes to their supplier and says, We had 160 pre-orders. Right. Give us 160. Okay, cool. Here's your 160. Yeah. But all this online, this this you know, it's making it easy for people to buy stuff. It's not easy anymore. No, right. They need you got to remember that. too. It's like worldwide, right? That's that's the the internet is worldwide. So it's not just people in the U.S. or the U.K. that are trying to get these, right? With the internet, everybody has access to it. So you have people in China, Russia, the U.S., the U.K., South America, South Africa. All these places are all trying to pre-order this stuff worldwide. Mm. And they're all probably, we're going to see the same thing there. Billions of people are trying to pre-order this potentially, right? Yeah. So, of course, there's going to be a shortage when everybody has access to it 24-7. Plus, you know, I kind of wonder, too, uh, we may see limited supplies. You know, we're not getting the actual numbers (laughs) because (laughs) right now there's a chip shortage, a silicon chip shortage, which is affecting we know the auto industry, and now we're being told smartphones are going to be impacted. So you may see the price of a smartphone that you wanted to get going up. Even be- planes. Planes. That What's the deal yep. with the planes? I, I, I just I just read an article that a guy said, I just flew in a brand new 777, whatever, their new fancy Boeing. No Wi-Fi. And no <laughs> Wi-Fi because? Because no chips for the Wi-Fi modules in the planes. Yeah. Oh, you see man. a lot of car dealerships which have been doing uh, great deals on trade-ins now because the trade-ins are selling really good because people are buying used cars that don't have the chips that are available because they can't get their hands on the new cars. The new cars, the pricing, unfortunately, has gotten a little out of that price range. Mm-hmm. So I had my dealer. So I bought my truck just about two years ago. Mm-hmm. I have a 2017 Chevy Colorado. It's got 81,000 miles on it now. Oh wow! I had the I had the dealer call me about four months ago saying, "Hey, here's what you paid for it. We're going to give you more than what you paid for it if you sell it back to us." Why? Because it's the for one, the midsize truck market is huge right now. Yeah, 
and used cars. You can't find, they literally can't keep used cars on the lot. Used oh cars gosh. are just flying. Yeah, because they're not getting their, their inventory, and it's, it's costing them more to get it from you know the corp from the manufacturers. Oh yeah, okay. That's, wow. Maybe that, I should go back and sell my uh sell my 2017 <laughs> Ford Explorer. I only got 20 25,500 miles on it. Wait, that's all you ended up doing? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't I I work a lot from home and when I do go to work it's only a couple miles and I've taken it on a couple trips across you know, up to South Dakota, but that's about it. And as a matter of fact, we just got back from South Dakota a couple weeks ago and right in the middle of nowhere Wyoming I hit 25,000 miles. Exactly. And I remember I looked at it and I was like, yay, 25,000 miles. You know, but yeah, seriously, 2017 Ford Explorer XLT, 25,000 miles. I did that in a year and a half. Yeah, you should look at that. They'll probably offer you some pretty good money for it. Yeah, but then what do I buy? That's the problem. Oh, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Tesla? (laughs) Do you really want a Tesla? Yeah. I just, you know, honestly, I just want a Tesla for that, that, that huge, like iPad pro in the middle of the, of the console. And it's not an iPad. It looks like it though. doesn't it? Yeah. It's a huge, yeah. I love, I love technology in cars. It is pretty cool. All right. So I don't know if you guys heard about this and I I would love to get your thoughts. Does this make sense? So Microsoft, we know windows 11 is going to be coming out in the fall. Um, There's a lot to look forward to those people that are testing it out, that are able to get it part of the windows insider program. I don't know if you heard about this. They get 10 days. So say you install it on a, and why you would install it on an actual working system that you use every day. But if you don't like it, you have 10 days to reverse it and go back to windows 10. If you, Hmm. and if you do go back in that 10 days, you can't reinstall the insider for windows 11. So you kind of got to roll with it. So you want to make sure you don't put it on a production machine. So Microsoft announces this past week, that they have a new service. It's Windows 365 that the company said is uh, going to be a cloud-based PC that will allow you to go to a terminal or a computer, log in, just like you do with Office 365, no. right? Like Office Online, log in, and there is your Windows. You've no. got your programs, your whole bit. Nope. Uh, especially when you find out the price, Justin. This To be able to use a Windows PC in the cloud, it will set you back $31 per user per month <laughs> for the uh, $31 monthly subscription fee. You'll have access to two CPUs, four gigs of Ram and 128 gigabytes of storage. Uh, and they say it's perfect for the work, the work environment for those that are working remotely or need to be able to access their, their, their company's computers. Yeah, how about no? <laughs> Sounds like a great way to have a virtual machine to screw with some people. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking, is, doesn't it make more sense to just go ahead and buy a laptop maybe? Yeah, at that price point, yeah. And honestly, no, there's just nothing about that that I would, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Well, if uh, if you feel like taking the bite, and that's just the introductory pricing that I got, there are going to be more pricing options, but I believe that's going to be the main one. Uh, August 2nd, this, I mean, that's quick. That's before windows 11, August 2nd, this will be launching. Mm. And you know, it's one of those things I want to see what it looks like and get a feel for it. And I don't know if our friends at Microsoft will let me do it, but because I'm, I'm not set on the idea either. I honestly think, you know, if you're a company, just give, give your employee a laptop. It's going to be cheaper in the long run. Yeah. Or just set up virtual machines in a data center like I have, and I can access my machine from my company laptop, but I access a virtual machine. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, fire up the uh, the laptop. I 
get on my RDP session to a virtual machine that's in my data center. And it's almost like so, being on that computer, right? It is. Yeah. So we're talking about all this cloud-based computers. So do you ever worry about transfer speeds with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. If you get bad transfer, forget it. Yeah, but what if you have bad internet? What if, you need, yeah. what if you're working remotely and you have crappy 3G? Right. Mm-hmm. You're not getting any work done. Yeah, yeah. But you could live in Japan. Yeah, they're just, they just smashed the internet. <laughs> wow, what a segue, Sean. What are they doing in Japan? I mean, this is pretty amazing stuff. Justin, so, does this make you want to move back? <laughs> Justin, you have gigabit, right? Yeah. Okay. How would you like to have 319 terabit per second internet? <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't even know what I would do with that. I heard that the, you, somebody would be able to, if they could, download... 700 high-definition movies in, like, seconds? They were saying that- 7,000 high-definition movies. It doesn't give any specs on that right. in one second. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were also saying that you could download the entire contents of the Internet, which is in- impossible because there's not enough storage. Mm-hmm. But if you had unlimited storage, you could download the entire contents of the entire Internet in two minutes. Now, this is not something that everybody is getting over there. This is a test that they were doing to see just how fast they could get it. Now, they were able to do it by combining all the data sources together. Is that how they... Uh, So it says it involved addressing every part of the pipeline, upgrading the fiber optic cable line with four cores, uh, multi-wavelength fiber, and they tested it. So it wasn't a short test either. They used coiled fiber optic cables to simulate... An 1,864-mile distance. Mm. Wow. Do you think this is something we'll one day see? No, we won't. <laughs> I we mean, won't. I come from the 300 baud modem days. Yeah, no, we so won't. So I remember. <laughs> yeah, we won't see that. Uh, I'm not, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody will ever see that. I mean, at that point, you can pretty much just call internet just instantaneous. Yeah. You just say instantaneous. There's no more having to measure speeds. When it, if that 319 terabits per second became a reality, there would be no more need to measure speed of internet. It would literally just be called instantaneous. Yeah, but then you have the bottlenecks in your actual system itself. That's oh, where the well, bottlenecks no, would th- be. At that point, I think we would be having computers in our brains. We would literally be the matrix there you go. at that point. That's what Elon Musk wants, right? Yeah. yeah, Don't even yeah. get me started on that. Uh, and now, if, if they were to do this, can you imagine the cost? <laughs> Uh, but who wouldn't bite if you were if you were to have this kind of speed? Okay, first off, if they, if they offered me ten gigabit speed in my neighborhood, I don't think I would take that because again, you yeah, you're right. You're limited by your bandwidth. I don't have ten gigabit uh, modems, switches, network interface cards. All of my stuff is one gigabit. So. Even if they offered 10 gigabit, I would have to upgrade my entire home network just to be able to support 10 gigabit. And then even then, the chances of you actually getting 10 gigabit speeds are very nil because most uh, websites, services, uh, other people are going to have gigabit or less. Now, I'm wondering, you lived in Japan for Yeah, I had uh, gigabit speeds back in 2005, 2006. So I was going to say, is the internet backbone in Japan actually pretty good? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, but uh, honestly, like, okay, so I got fiber here, right? My my service is considered fiber. I only have fiber up to the outside of the house. And then it goes copper ethernet 
inside the house into my modem. That's where you lose some. In yeah, you lose a little bit there. In Japan, I had fiber directly to the modem. Like in my house, the modem sat with a fiber cable plugged directly in and it was single mode fiber, which is long run, you know, long distance. Yeah. Um but my speeds are pretty much on par. Like in Japan, I was getting a solid 990 down, 990 up. Right. Here uh, with Gigabit, uh, it does vary a little bit, but I usually get around 850 to 900 down and then about 900 to 925 up. Man, lucky man. I know, right? <laughs> and I only, pay, I only pay 65 bucks a month. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm paying 120 for well, Xfinity. Actually, no, I take that back. It's 65 bucks a month for the service, and then I got a $30 modem rental fee, which I still do want to replace the modem with my own eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's like 90 bucks a month. Yeah, I, I use my own modem, and I'm getting, uh, let's see, I want to say 580 maybe down and 20 up. And mm. I'm paying almost $125 a month for that. Yeah, 100, yeah. 120 down, 18 up. Wow. And what are you paying? Real quick. What are you paying, uh, Sean? I think we pay 60 bucks a month. Wow. Okay. Maybe. While we're doing this show, I'm, I, again, as taking up bandwidth, I'm doing a speed test right now. Right. And I just hit 780 down and 912 up. That's amazing. I can't even imagine. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to take another quick break. We come back. We've got more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tech talkers. We'll be right back. And now back to Tech Talk Radio. I got something new uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I want to talk about it. It, it, it's a, uh, it's a. It's a backup solution. Now, you, you talked about a Cronus True Image and things like that. That's a great for backing I love up it. your computer. Yeah. Yeah. I got it something a little bit different. I, I realized that the hard drives... In my computer, we're starting to fail. I, I, I hosted all my documents on there, uh, pictures, my Plex library, things like that. And yes, it was being backed up to a, an external hard drive, but I wanted more. I wanted to do something more, and I wanted more redundancy. And so I looked at Synology, and uh, Synology is S-Y-N-L-O-G-Y, uh, Synology Labs, Um they make uh, products, they make uh, disk stations, like uh, network-attached storage, NASs. So I bought the DS920+, Plus, and you can look that up. It's a four-bay uh, hard drive uh, NAS. The, what, what makes this different than just an external hard drive is it's actually a computer built into it. So it comes with a, 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 a Intel, uh, I want to say Xeon processor, but it's a like two gigs, two gigs with a burst of 2.7 gigs, mm -hmm. uh, but also comes with four gigs of RAM. Upgradable to an official eight gigs of RAM if you buy the Synology branded four gig expansion module, uh, which I did not do because I saw a YouTube video about how you can put more. It's just not officially branded and it's not officially supported. I actually put an extra 16 gigs of RAM into my Synology. So I have 20 gigs of RAM. The reason I did that is because the Synology comes with a beautiful user interface. It's very easy to set up, and it comes with a beautiful user interface that allows you to install other things. What I installed was Virtual Machine Manager, which allows me to basically run virtual machines off my Synology NAS. So I have a, uh, right now I have a, a Ubuntu desktop Linux to mess around with. I have a Kali Linux 
uh, which is more for like hacking. If I just want to practice with some like hacking tools and things, mm-hmm. pen testing, I can practice with Kali Linux. Uh, but I'm also going to put in Docker. Docker is a container service that allows you to put Im- Docker images on. So I'm going to I'm going to move my Home Assistant, my home automation software. I'm going to move that off of my Raspberry Pi, put that on the NAS because the NAS is running 24/7. So I'm going to put Home Assistant on the NAS. I'm going to put my Pi Hole, my DNS uh, my, uh, 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 redirecting service. I'm going to put that on my NAS. Um, I got a couple again virtual machines to mess around with. I also put all of my Plex library on my NAS. Nice. So if you notice, Andy, if, if you go to your Plex and you try to look at my, you know, Justin's server, it's no longer right. available because I've renamed it and I've added a different ah, service. Okay. So I have to reinvite. I have to reinvite all my people that I want back on it. But right. I moved all my Plex over to the NAS and it works so much better because it takes all that load off my PC. My PC doesn't have to run 24/7 now. I can put it to sleep at the end of the night when I'm when I'm not using it and I don't have to worry about losing anything. So even if and, say say you were going out of town, you don't want to leave your computer on, you could shut down your computer <laughs> yeah. and then be able to access your NAS from a remote location. Absolutely. Yes, and it does come with a uh, built-in remote access uh, via uh, its own, you know, custom link that it creates for you. It also has an app that you can put on your phone to uh, sync your photos. So you have to pay uh, you, you have to pay photos, for a monthly for that? Nope. Oh, nice. Not at all. Nope. Yeah. So instead of backing up to Google Google uh, Pictures, which I, I still do, um, I can also back up all my photos directly to the NAS just with a click of a button. So, yes, unfortunately, you do have to open the app and then it, it will search all your pictures and say, oh, I need to upload these 10 pictures. And it, d- it does it for you. Oh, cool. I wish that the app did it automatically, but it's still nice to be able to update all my pictures to it. But uh, so what I have in it, again, I said it's a four bay drive or four bay system. I have... Uh, two terabyte drives in each bay, but I have it in a RAID five. So, a yeah, RAID explain for our listeners who don't know what RAID is. So, it's so RAID not a bug killer. Re- <laughs> yeah, RAID stands for redundant array of independent disks. So, in essence, I, I have four two terabyte drives, but with, when I look at it on my system, I have one. Six terabyte drive. Now you may be saying, wait, well, hold on. You got four times two is eight. Why do you only have six? Yeah. Because one of those disks is not a storage disk. It's a parity disk. So it contains little bits of information of all the other disks. That way, if I lose one of those disks, I can pop back in a brand new drive and it will rebuild all the lost data based on that parity drive. And does that rebuilding process take a, an extended period of time, like months? Absolutely. No, yeah. it doesn't take months. It would probably take 24 to 48 hours. It depends right. on how big your drive is. A two terabyte probably would take 24 hours to right. rebuild. But if you lose a second drive in a RAID 5 array, you're done. Yeah. You lost yeah. all of your data. So when you have a disk error, you need to take care of it right away. And that's what another thing about Synology is pretty cool is they'll send you alerts. Like email. If it feels like your disk is. Yeah, it'll send you an alert saying, hey, disk three is not working right. You better check this out. Um, So I love the Synology. It's great. Uh, What what does it say you back again? I know we talked about it. Well, the Synology itself, which does not include the disks, the Synology itself was uh, $650. Right. And then the disks, uh, I bought them. They kept, the price kept going up and up and up. I finally pulled the trigger when they were $95 each at two terabytes. So wow, that's, that's a good deal. Four hundred dollars or so in discs, right? Uh, but then, and then I bought the uh, m- uh, memory module, 
which again, Synology wants to sell you four gigabytes of RAM at $100. I bought 16 gigabytes at $100. Right, right. And it works. So, yeah. So, all in all, uh, what does that put together? $1,300, $1,200, something like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an investment. But if you think about it, what you put on that, precious family memories, things that you work with every day that you can't lose your data. Another really cool feature of the Synology is people, you know, you, you get people working from home. Let's say you're a, a podcaster and you record your podcast. Right. You save it to your Synology, but let's say you have an editor that works for you who lives in Texas and mm-hmm. you're in Arizona, right? You have an editor that lives in Texas. Well, you give them a, a Synology NAS, you sign them up together. When you upload a file into your Synology, it automatically replicates to your employee at a different location who can wow. then take that file, edit it, put it back in the folder, and bam, you've got your edited file right back on your Synology. So in work environments, this can be good. Uh, Sean, have you ever used anything like this? Uh, we have some larger rate arrays um, and some tape storage at the university. Oh, tape storage, um, yeah. But, we still love that. Um, for, for the most part, I have a what they call a JBOD, which is stands for just a bunch of disks. And I, I have a four bay. Oh, I thought it was something like a dad bod or something. <laughs> no, JBOD, just a bunch of disks. It's I got four, one of those. It's, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a four bay. Uh, it takes four hard drives, connects to one eSATA port, and I can see all four drives independently. Now, okay. do, you, now do you do you have to be an IT engineer to be able to do this stuff? No, not with a Synology. Not no. with the Synology, no. But the way I'm trying to do it, it's complicated because I had to find a RAID card that would take eSATA, mm-hmm. do multi- SATA multiplying. It had to be a, a SATA multiplier port to be able to take those four SATA drives using eSATA to combine them into one drive if I wanted to do it as a RAID. Right, right. Which wow, is really complicated, and it's hard to find information about that stuff because a lot of the places have turned into more of like the Synology, or mm-hmm. there are other vendors, uh, other vendors that do um, NAS storage stuff. Like that. Right. Yeah, there, well, there's other vendors. Yeah, yeah. We got to take a break. We come back. Uh, we have been asking for it. We have recommended it. And could we be getting closer? Could Tech Talk Radio have helped push the edge a little? So we'll, we'll tell you about that coming back. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Send us a tweet at Tech Talk Radio. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Could it be close to Christmas? Ah, uh, uh, yes. Dreaming of a wine. I got an email from right. Wise. Right. Saying pre order multicolor LED strips. From? Wise. From Wise. <laughs> so what have we been saying for the last three months? Wise needs to lights. make Christmas lights, Christmas right? Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. could you? Uh, it would be so amazing what you could do with Wise. But Christmas the thing lights. is, is they're not really Christmas lights, though. Oh, you have to be well, technical. They're, they're, <laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make a show. Yeah. All right. Now, so to explain what these are. So it, it, it's like you go to, to your local store, Meyer, Costco, Sam's Club, whatever. They're becoming increasingly popular for behind TV sets and things like that. LED strips, long strips of LEDs that can change colors with the remote control or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Wise now has strips of LEDs that you can program and control with scenes and all this stuff and all that stuff. And uh, they come in 16 foot or 30 foot sections, 32 foot sections. 32 feet. Wow. Yeah. But the benefit of this, right, is the way the LED strips work is they're LEDs in, in, in the series. So it's just, it's just LED after LED after LED. Are they individually adjustable? Yes. Good. According which means, to this, yeah, yes. which means which means you can change each light independently That's, along that LED strip. Each light can be changed independently. They call it multi multi color sixteen customizable segments. What that means, I don't know. That's really well. That's no, no, what no, it no, says. no, no. That does not mean individually adjustable. It says sixteen multicolor segments. Yes, yeah, segments. Segments. Oh, segments oh. would be one multiple segment. Lights. One, yeah. Yeah, so they're not completely individually because that's the thing. You get those companies like, um, oh, what's the? Uh, I forget the name of the company, but they do like those permanent Christmas light installations on your house. Oh yeah, they come with like it's like track lighting in a way, but they're they're weatherproofed and all that. Those are like ridiculously expensive, but but because of that, because each light is individually changeable, right? Which means you can, if you have like a thousand lights on your house, you can change all thousand of them at one time to be a different color at one time. So you get this really great display going on. But yeah. you know what, though? We're pushing closer. We need to push way wise to actually come up with, like, Christmas tree lights with that same concept. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think like it's that. coming. It's got to be. They do closer. have those. They do have those. Christmas tree lights? Yeah. Christmas no, they trees. Don't. Yes, they do. My, my buddy got one. It's, well, it's actually not even a Christmas tree lights. It's actually a Christmas tree with the lights built in. Yeah, but we're talking about from oh, Wise. We're talking about oh, from Wise. Yeah. Oh, so you can sorry. have it programmed, do different colors and scenes and okay, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. I want to get uh, one so I can put my Golden Girls uh, uh, Blanche oh, uh, ornament in there. That would look so good. <laughs> I am just ready Golden for girls. some Wise Christmas lights, but this is, we're getting there. We're, all right. We're getting there. Crossing yeah. our fingers. All right. That's it for this week's show. Uh, hit us up on the web at techtalkradio.com. If you have a comment for the show, you got a question, we'll be happy to answer too. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeer. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Have yourselves a great week.